M A I N M E N U Main Menu Main Menu Welcome to Main Menu for October 30th, 2010. I'm Jamie Pauls. Chase Crispin brings us two tech updates, and Rick and Deb Lewis bring us more of their internet radio presentation from Tech Talk on this week's edition of Main Menu. Tech Update, a technology news segment heard on ACB Radio's main menu and Accessible World's Tech Talk. Hello, main menu and Tech Talk. This is Chase Crispin with the Tech Update for the week of October 20th, 2010. This Tech Update, however, will cover the Tech Update of almost the last three weeks, so there is quite a bit to cover. First is the speculated release of the new HumanWare SmartView 360. Humanware has not published anything about this yet, but sources such as Blind Bargains have found quite a bit of information about the Humanware SmartView 360. It will include a 19-inch display, a 360-degree camera that can be turned in any direction, and three modes for viewing. There will be another announcement on Tech Update when this magnifier becomes available officially from Humanware. If you buy a Victor Reader stream between October 18th and December 31st, you will get the free Victor Reader stream soft pack with it. This is a $49 value that allows you to play epubbooks.docx, Word 2007 and 2010 files, listen to enhancedaudible.com books, MP4 files, and record in MP3 and WAVE. If you have bought or will buy a Victor Reader Stream before October 18th or after December 31st, it will not come with the $49 soft pack and you will need to buy that extra. If you are an Icon or Braille Plus user and you have a current SMA, the newest version is now available. This is version 2.2, which contains many exciting features including support for output to a visual display, support for printing over network printers, faster opening of programs, and more. If you'd like to learn more, you can visit aph.org tech. If you are an Android user looking for GPS solutions, there is a new possibility called Intersection Explorer. This is an app that gives you information about the intersections. It is not a full GPS tool, but rather gives you information about upcoming intersections as well as the intersection you are currently at. You can check out blindbargains.com for an audio review of this application. It is available now in the Android market. On the topic of Android, accessibleandroid.blogspot.com is a blog containing many tips, apps, suggestions, and more for Android users. Again, that's accessibleandroid.blogspot.com. If you are a Windowized user that switched from JAWS, and sometimes you can think of the JAWS key, but just not that specific Windowized command, you can get the JAWS hotkey script from the GW Micro Script Central page. Once the script is installed, you can press the JAWS hotkey command, press a JAWS command, and Windowized will tell you the Windowized equivalent of that command. You can pick up the script or learn more at gwmicro.com sc. That's gwmicro.com slash s for script and c for central. If you are an iPhone or iPad user, 
and you use the Sendero Look Around app, version 1.1 of this app will soon be available if it is not already available. It will contain many features including being able to dial numbers within the app, sorting by point of interest categories, a less sensitive shake feature, and more. You can visit senderogroup.com to learn more. If you are not a user of this app and you have an iPhone or an iPad with 3G, you can buy this app for $4.99. This is not a full GPS solution, but gives you information about what kind of points of interest can be found around you. If you're a PacMate user, you can now get PacMate Omni version 6.5, which is a free update for all PacMate Omni users. It includes support for the real speak voices and better daisy book support. Visit freedomscientific.com and then click on the blindness link followed by the PacMate link to learn more. If you don't have a PacMate, but you if you are interested in buying one, now might be the time to be one, as the price of the PacMate has just been reduced by $900. That's right. Every PacMate model would be the, the BX400, BX420, BX440, QX, QX420, and QX440 are all $900 cheaper than their original price. Again, you can visit freedomscientific.com to see these prices or to purchase a PacMate. If you are a JAWS 12 public beta tester, there is now a new version available. This will have support for ARIA, R-E-A, which makes web pages more accessible. JAWS has had some support for this in the past, but not full support. The latest JAWS 12 beta, and when JAWS 12 is fully released, that release, will contain this full support for ARIA. And if you are a Windows 7 user, JAWS will now announce your free and use space on any drive you point to in Windows Explorer or My Computer. Finally, on Wednesday, October 20th, Apple made a major announcement about the new MacBook Air. The MacBook Air is Apple's smallest notebook and is Apple's form of a netbook. You can buy an 11 or 13 inch model. The new MacBook Air, unlike its previous model, has completely flash memory, so no moving parts, instant wake from sleep, a battery that lasts 5 hours on the 11 inch model or 7 hours on the 13 inch model, also has a glass multi-touch trackpad on the Mac, like the ones on the MacBook or MacBook Pro or Magic Trackpad, and you can use commands that you'd use on the iPad, iPod Touch, or iPhone if you have voiceover enabled. Finally, still in this small package, there is a FaceTime camera on the screen, and that screen is a very crisp, very bright display. That is all of the technology news for these three weeks. As usual, if there's anything that you would like to comment on or anything you would like to make sure I say in next week's tech update or something I missed this week, feel free to call the comment line at the number provided at the end of the tech update and inform me on whatever you would like to hear. Thank you for listening to this week's tech update segment. If you have any comments or anything you'd like to see added, please call 206-337-4383 and be sure to listen in to next week's Main Menu and Tech Talk. Uh, Stanley Luttrell is waiting with a question. A comment and a question. Uh, the comment is, to me it's always interesting to see how many friendships have been forged as a result of your programs and those on ACBRI, uh, it's amazing to me.
uh, how much has happened in that regard. And secondly, um, I would like you to talk a little bit, you briefly touched on it, on tagging and uh, see how that that is done. And I know that, but I just think other people would be interested in this. I'm well, a I tagging actually, person around I here. actually think that tagging is probably the most boring topic we could bring to the I table like myself. It. I know it's, you do. It's very important. I know you do. And let me just very quickly tell you about very it. Very quickly. So when we're talking about the tag, we're talking about the, the information that shows up when you play a song in Winamp or when you look at a radio station then you see the song title and artist that's that's the tag information it's information that is stored in the file um, by your by your software and it's then text. sent out its text and actually tags can have all kinds of fields Winamp usually only shows you um, a few of those fields it usually shows you the artist and the title readily but if you are in Winamp on a song not on the uh, internet songs, but I mean on, on a song on your hard drive, and you uh, press Alt 3 and start tabbing around, you might find that there's m more information, especially if you've ripped the CD, you'll probably find that there's quite a bit more information about the song, and it might be accurate or not, but <laughs> there is more information. So we actually use a product called MP3 Tag, and there are many products, but we like this one really well. And um, you can batch it up to do um, whole directories. You can do whole hard drives at a time if you know what it's doing. And we have to convert all of the tags to a particular format of tag for our software. And it, it is able to do that. And uh, so we store, uh, we make an effort to store the title and artist uh, album and uh, publisher and then we usually use the comments field you know some of those little secret things we know well some of those are on the comments fields so <laughs> we um, we uh, can store other information about the song in there and then that's what's used in our database to uh, uh, to uh, in store the information for searching because then in our software we then can search on any of those fields that have data so we can search on the song title on the artist on the album and on any other information that we might have put into those tags tagging files is a time-consuming business there the reward is when it's done on particular things and and they're in the system and they're available to be searched and uh, and you can glean information from them but it does take a lot of time and that is really um, I I think kind of um, well, broadcasters broadcasters who don't like to do the behind the scenes work kind of get turned off by mm -hmm. that sort of mm -hmm. thing, but uh, but on the other hand I think there are rewards in it too. And uh, as soon as I remind myself what those are, oh, yeah. I'll do some more it's, tagging. It's having an organized database of music, <laughs> and and the other thing that um, that's uh, you know so that one of the reasons tagging takes time is that a lot of information that comes to you in tags is wrong. Even if you've ripped the CD yourself, it might be wrong um, because people, um, human beings, have copied by hand the information into the t into those tag fields, and they may have done a good job or not if some of you were listening to me the other night you know I played a song it had a wrong tag perfectly good song but very wrong tag and it was just that the whole album was a tag off and I didn't notice it yeah, when if, we cut eight, it. if cut eight is listed so, as cut nine yeah, and so it goes uh, down the line. you know I had to go back and fix it all manually but what we normally do is we look we try to look up the tag information through reputable sources so we use um, 
you know, and, and the, some of those sources aren't too reliable either. But we usually try to go to the publisher and look it up from them, and whatever the publisher says is usually what we actually put. But sometimes I actually have to get out the physical CD if we have a physical CD and actually ask a sighted person to verify for me. And what does it say? Because sometimes we just get too much conflicting information. But if we can go to a publisher website and verify it. So we try to verify all of them. And um, and we and once in a while, you know, when you've got a whole album, you might miss something. But we try to get as verified as we can. And because we can do this in batch, once you have an album title correct, you can save all of those at once. Uh, that's you know, why I find mistakes. Even if there are seventy, <laughs> we save them all at once. Well, no, that, that's if the mistakes then come in the in the titles yeah. because we do that once in a while. But the albums will probably be correct or all wrong. So um, so anyway, though, it is a time-consuming process, but it's part of what's required because the royalty material um, depends on data collection for those. Well, so just just quickly let me state that the uh, that our provider basically says title and artist are all we need. But we for our own bookkeeping purposes and for the purposes of the, of the website display try to also include the album and FT and and uh, and the label where we can. Uh, but but if you see only title and artist, you don't have to write to me and say, I only saw title and artist, because that is acceptable to our provider. That one yet. Uh, and believe me, we have a lot of music that needs to be tagged. And if, uh, if for example, I'm playing something on a one-time-only basis on a countdown, uh, that other information just quite might not quite be there yet but anyway that's that's the long answer and i agree with you about the friendships that are that come from uh, oh, doing yeah. this that is so rewarding to to know that uh, that that there are uh, there are listeners we can count as friends that there are people around the uh, country and around the world that we might never have at all known about if mm -hmm. we hadn't been doing this uh, internet broadcasting thing it's it's just amazing mm -hmm. uh, nancy lynn has been waiting longest hi guys um my question is why can't there be country or other formats in the automation. Why is it always all oldies? Because I'm paying the bill. <laughs> well, you know, when we when we first started doing, when we first started doing it, we did mix a little country, and we were mixing about twenty percent. But the problem really runs into the fact that that a lot of listeners uh, don't find formats compatible with other formats, and. You know, so for example, if they've just heard, uh, um, if they've just heard the Dave Clark Five, they may not want to hear Tom T. Hall, and and some may. You know, some are eclectic like that and are fine with with whatever uh, uh, whatever you send, and and others are not because because I wanted more consistency. I didn't try to mix formats in in. Uh, in the automation, I think it makes more sense not to. We're primarily an oldie station. That is, that is primarily my passion, and I'm the one who is putting that part of it together. And I, th and that is one important element of broadcasting, by the way. I think that that is applicable to anybody who wants to do this. For goodness, and you may not. I mean, people may not agree with my particular passion, even. But I would say that if you don't have the passion for what you're doing, you probably shouldn't be doing it. Sorry about that. He cut me off. I didn't know you were going to talk. <laughs> the um, the other piece of this, and I actually agree, even though I would be glad to operate a country format, and uh, would be delighted to do that. In fact, but the the big reason that I do agree with Rick on this actually is that um, the 
overall formats that are consistent formats have in general higher ratings for their automation time than split formats do and so I'm all for finding a way to uh, increase the amount of you know country time and and I don't see any problem with having the country show for example and you know one of these days I'm going to be able to retire and then maybe I can have another country show or something and I don't see any problem with that because that's not really mixing the format but I do agree with Rick that in the automation itself it doesn't work quite as well to do that so I am looking for some way to increase the availability of the country music because we've got plenty and I only get to bring it out a couple hours a week well three but um, that's probably not the way so I'm, I'm still thinking about how else can we do that in a way that that makes sense and there were people who very strongly favored the idea of having some country in the automation mix mm -hmm. but some people strongly didn't favor it too and the problem yeah. of course is that those who don't favor it won't come back, whereas if those who like particular elements of it, who like oldies maybe, but also like country, uh, they might be willing to come back. People are less tolerant of something they don't want to hear than uh, than expansive on what they do. So, you know, it's it's tricky stuff. Yeah. Uh, let me ask, Deb, can, can you get the country on demand? Do you guys let us download? Uh, no, we actually don't download our show, let, uh, put our shows up for download because um, actually that's a violation of our um, royalty requirements. And then the other part of that is um, because we're an interactive, you know, whether it's the capital interactive like ACB Radio or small interactive <laughs> like The Ride, um, we are an interactive event and we really depend on the live shows. So we do actually do replays of some of our shows and that was a real hard thing for Rick particularly to um, get, get into. I was a little more in favor of it, but um, we do replay the country show one other time. Um, and actually, it's also uh, replayed on another station that we um, that we provide it to. It's in the middle of the night for those of us in the U.S., but um, not so bad for people in other countries, maybe. Um, but uh, so it it actually technically has two other airings, and then um, Rick's uh, Countdown Show has a second airing, and uh, Peyton Place has a second airing, and I believe that's all the ones that do. But um, uh, with us, but um, I. We've, we've gone with that rather than um, making them available on demand because technically making them available on demand is a, is a, a violation of our Loud City contract. And also it just kind of violates our philosophy of how we're working this. We don't want to, you know, the, the whole thing of replays and on demand is a little tricky. We want, to make, we want it to supplement what we have, but we don't want it to replace live programming, which is really why we're here and doing this. The automation is frosting on the cake. The replays are frosting on the cake. The live programming is the main event. And, and anything that might possibly take away from that, I have a personal, now besides the fact that, uh, that, that it is a violation of the, of the contract we have, uh, I have a personal beef with on-demand programming. I know it's convenient for people. I know people want a time shift. The reality, though, is we don't get paid. And what I mean by that is that the reward of doing live programming is the interaction with listeners. People who download stuff and play it, do they contact you? Hardly ever. 
Do they? Do you ever? Do you ever find out who's listening? Do you ever get uh, interaction going with people who listen? No, uh, because you're on because you're on time shift, and and they just think of you as another commodity that they can time shift, and uh, and frankly, that's. I don't want to be just another commodity. Someone can time shift, and I can never hear from them because uh, that's not why I do this. Uh, Tyler Jurinek is waiting. Hi, uh, Rick and Deb. Um, I was just uh, wondering. See, I I do a podcast each week, and I I also started a blog. But the thing um, that I I certainly agree with that whole on-demand thing. You know, I I only had actually about one person that uh, listen to that uh, call, the uh, comment line that I have set up. But my question is, you know, are there any, like, free uh, type servers that, like, um, run the, you could upload some content and it'll just run that for you until you keep updating it so you know then that way because i only have one laptop here and i don't think it would be you know it just wouldn't be uh uh i guess it just wouldn't be um i just wouldn't be able to keep my computer running all all uh all day long so do you guys know of anything okay let's let's get an answer here for you tyler well i don't know about free there are places you can do that. I mean, Live 365 would let you start a station, and you could put basically a station. That's you can say free, that in though. quotes, and you could put anything on it you want. No, it's not free. You know, it, uh, I don't know of anybody who I've would do it I've actually heard free. of some free server space, but I'm not. I've also heard that there are some real issues with um, accessibility of their um, software for connecting and um, also there would be significant limitations on the space they wouldn't let you upload things they would let you be live and you're right your laptop is probably not a good way to um, to broadcast some people do that and if they have a really really high-end laptop um, they can they certainly you know can do that but it's probably not the best way and you're right you couldn't do that 24 7 for you sure. want to use your own machine for but um, I don't know of any that are free that would allow you enough that would give you space to uh, set up an um, uh, what they call a revolving um, archive like that um, there are a few places and you can Google them um, that will let you uh, you know have broadcast space free but again, they have a lot of issues around how they work. Most of them are for Windows Media only, and they have a lot of issues, usually including reliability. Oh, yeah. Loads of complaints about them. So my sense of it is that for, um, what, maybe $15, $20 a month, you could set yourself up with a very... Um, you know, low number on a server and to start out with. And, you know, you could go at a lower bit rate. I mean, we broadcast at 128K, and lots of people do. But you could start out at 96 or 64. Yeah, well, I wouldn't talking, go any lower than if 64. If you're talking about speech content, you could even do it at 32 mono. Yeah, but if I don't, you, I don't, I don't, I don't quite like it sure. sounding that lo-fi, but, but, but for speech content but it might work. But if you're talking about music... You could go at 64, and that actually is very listenable, and it's going to be you know, half the price because you're going to take up half the bandwidth. So I would do a little shopping around. The other, uh, the other thing I would say is, of course, 
obviously you're, you're you know you're already doing the tech stuff with uh, ACB Radio Interactive. You're doing uh, doing the uh, stuff on main menu, and of course, obviously they archive that, so that's a that's a plus. But I, but I assumed you were talking about expanding to either another venue or, or a yeah. broader type of content, because otherwise, of course, you already have that, that archiving happening for you. You talked a lot about how you're spending your money. Can you tell us a little bit about how you generate your profits for salaries and uh, that kind of thing? Thank you. I, I go to work at a, the university all day. That's how we get any. <laughs> I have a question for you, Bill. What are profits? Yeah, we, we actually don't make any money. Um, we don't uh, take any, and, the, and, the, and there's a couple of good reasons for this. One of them is that uh, nobody wants to pay us, but no, the, actually the bigger reason is that unless we're able to make a lot of money, if we were able to sell lots of advertising and do lots of things and be a really big commercial station and actually bring in advertising revenues, we could do that, and that would work. But otherwise, if we start making money, our royalty payments jump up way yeah, high. If you make quickly. a little money, you end up spending a lot of money. You end up spending a lot. So we are smarter, unless we can make a load of money, we are smarter to do what we do, which is that we make absolutely no money. There is no real business end of this for us. It is a hobby. It is all. an expense. It is a pleasure, Just but it's costs an expense. money. Yeah. And, and we enjoy it, and we think all hobbies you know, potentially cost money. We know, we've known people in our lifetimes, I mean, we don't hang out with them necessarily, but who spend more in a bar in a given month oh, sure. than we do on internet radio. Yes. So it, it, it's so, all perspective. But um, you actually, or mo or model aircraft it's actually or pretty challenging to, uh, to make money in, um, in this business because most of the advertising that's there is uh, kind of garbage advertising and uh, people put up uh, PayPal links to uh, get donations or whatever, but they don't really get any. Yeah. And w our software would support our having a subscription service so you could have to rent us, but we're not brave enough to find out if you would. And um, so it, seriously, unless we can make an awful lot of money, uh, we, we kind of have to keep the day jobs. And uh, I work at the university, and that's uh, kind of how we and that's kind of how we make it. And uh, there is no advertising on our website, which is the Ride Radio net by the way mm -hmm. and that's uh, that's you can get into our station through there the ride radio.net no ads on it either so it's a very it's it's by the way a very sparse and spare website because I don't even know enough HTML to make it inaccessible so yeah it's just, so if it's somebody just... wants to volunteer to help us have a much better website um, I'm, I'm looking for somebody who would help us make yeah. a site in Drupal because that, that would be easier for yeah. us to maintain. Yeah, I definitely want to talk to folks about that. Anyway, but anyway, anyway, that's a different topic. We can go on to the next one, and we're, we're fine with the number of questions. We're, uh, we're, we're good. We're not going anywhere yet, so uh, let's go. I'm just astounded. I mean, for the love and passion of bringing music, we thank you so much for what you guys do. Okay, Rob Hansick asks, can you talk about some of the software that is used during the radio program? We use a program called Station Playlist, which is uh, written by a gentleman in New Zealand. It is professional broadcasting software. There are two flavors of it. There is a standard and a professional version. We have the professional version, but a lot of things can be accomplished in the standard version. Uh, the professional version gives you a few extra things you can do. But it all depends on what your needs are as far as uh, whether you want a need or want to spring for the professional version versus the uh, versus the standard. It, uh, we also use a program called Creator, which comes from the same uh, software vendor. And 
creator makes playlists. Now, I don't use that for the countdown, for example, but for my Sunday show and my Wednesday show, for Deb's Country Show and our other uh, our other shows, which uh, I mean, obviously a countdown is a countdown of a survey, so we can't have an automated playlist built for it. It has to be done manually. But the uh, benefit of Creator is that if you're thinking, and, and I have a pretty vast collection, but if you're thinking about songs, you know, the same songs come to your mind maybe often, Creator will present you with all sorts of possibilities. Now, you don't have to accept the possibility. You can replace uh, a particular item it presents with the same artist, a different artist, a totally different song. You can So you can mix and match till you get the kind of feel you want, to get the kind of mood and tempo changes and things you want. And we do that for the automation, and we also do that for live shows. Uh, but but uh, all all of the shows that we do we don't just accept the automated playlist we we tweak it we get it the way we want it we make substitutions and uh, so that we get it we we have the assistance of software but we definitely intervene in the process significantly to make it our uh, program what what we want to deliver to you right and we have a searchable database as we've already talked about and then we use two um, two different broadcasting encoders depending on what's kind of happening but we have the uh, SAM encoder um, which is a, a piece of the SAM broadcaster system and we use that encoder actually specifically in our um, automation and also um, as the server that feeds out everything and then the server uh, the individual broadcast servers um, I'm actually using the oddcast encoder and uh, Rick I think is using Sam the Sam encoder right now we no, actually I'm using oddcast oh you are okay I'm but, back to that so we use either the oddcast or Sam encoders depending on the activity and which PC we're on and a variety of factors and we um, we do not use the shoutcast encoder just uh, just for record and uh, uh, that's one that people do often know about and have heard of, but we don't use that and one. The Shoutcast encoder is free. The SAM encoder is not. Oddcast is free. Yeah. But, uh, but we also have Oddcast as part of Station Playlist. That's an agreement that they, that's a joint thing that they have going. So there is a version of Oddcast it's with a, that a program. a tweaked version. And then most people, and we do too, use some kind of uh, onboard uh, compression software to um, assist in smoothing things out to give it that radio sound. And then, of course, whatever mixers and microphones and such things that you might have 